Hey, this is another episode of Cyber Talk brought to you by AppGuard, and this is Neil Conlon. Um, in this episode, uh, I sit down with Charity Wright, uh, who is a military veteran and a cyber threat intelligence advisor at Insight. Now, I first met Charity at RSA, I think last year, and I was really, really impressed by uh, her subject matter experience, both in, uh, in China as well as threat intelligence. I hope that you enjoy this podcast and uh, talk to you soon. All right, folks, uh, this is the latest episode of Cyber Talks brought to you by AppGuard. Uh, Neil Conlon here in the AppGuard headquarters office. Uh, just to talk a little bit about the podcast, uh, we really wanted to put together a podcast that was just these little gold nuggets, uh, 30 minutes at a time tops, uh, something that somebody who's commuting to work or in between meetings can throw on, listen to, walk away with some really good thought leadership and uh, move on to the next thing. So I'm here today with uh, Charity Wright. Charity, uh, we met, I believe, last year at RSA. We spent some time together. We did some of the events. Uh, really good, uh, amazing connection there. And uh, I'm super excited for having you on the podcast. Why don't you just do a quick introduction and talk a little bit about your background as much as you can. I know there's some some stuff there uh, and, uh, you know, what you're doing today. Sure. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So my background is I'm from the U.S. Army and I served, let's see, I've served for 10 years now and I'm finally retiring. Um, my The Army assigned me to the National Security Agency for several years to be a Chinese linguist there. So I got my experience with intelligence analysis through the agency. And then I transitioned into cybersecurity in 2015 because I figured cyber is the future and I've already got Chinese under my belt. So it's been a fun and exciting adventure. So, I mean, before we go into the questions here uh, that I want I wanted to cover with you, uh, as much as you can talk about it, what was that like being a, a linguist on a Chinese desk at the NSA? Oh, man. Well, it was intimidating at first. Um, you know, the first two years of my time in the Army was just learning the Mandarin language at the Defense Language Institute. And we really had no idea why we were <laughs> learning Chinese. I thought maybe I would be translating at a uh, embassy or something or doing documentation. And then they assigned me to go to Hawaii. And when I got to the agency... I had to spend eight more months training just in that particular role that I was going to be working at. Um, and man, I wish I could tell you guys details, but it was exciting. I got to work in a very challenging position that was a little bit exclusive. It was kind of hard to get into. And we were doing um, live, real-time, exciting reporting and got to help protect U.S. and allied assets in the Pacific Ocean. So Amazing, amazing background. Yeah. Uh, do you get to speak much Chinese in Dallas these days? <laughs> no, I haven't practiced in so long. Um, I, I tried when I went to Singapore, but people were just looking at me funny. But I can still, I can still read it and understand most of it. <laughs> got it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, um, so I'm, I'm going to go like, I want to dig in on your background a little bit because, you know, 
we've been doing a, a bunch of webinars and panels, especially around state nation stuff. Uh, we obviously uh, we obviously have a background uh, in defeating those type of mechanisms in our day to day. We recently, you know, did a really interesting webinar about uh, state nation concerns around the the political events in Iran. Um, so, what are some of the 2020 trends that you're seeing, you know, from from your perspective at Insight? Mm-hmm. Um, for nation states, man, um, there's some really interesting developments happening already. And of course, we're only a couple weeks into January. Um, but, you know, with this new development with Iran and the U.S., with the escalations going on, it's been a little tense the past, the, you know, the past few weeks. Um, so everyone is kind of wondering, what does that mean for cybersecurity? What does it mean for cyber attacks? So we're really keeping a close eye on what's going on with Iran. Um, and also just the fact that we already know that they're not in the top three cyber threats in the world right now. Um, So that gives us an opportunity to really explore what is China capable of? What is Russia capable of? What are their targets? And we're really looking at election cycles and misinformation campaigns mostly for 2020. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a huge focus. Yeah. So that's super interesting. So you think even with all the, uh, and I was pulling from some of the comments that you just made and some of the stuff that I know from some of our other contacts. So you think with, with the Iran differences, it's still not even, it's still not within the top three of cyber concerns that people should have. Right. I think the misunderstanding is that because we're so concerned about them developing nuclear weapons in the future, I think we also have to stay clear at what we know about their cyber operations, which is completely separate. And the fact is that they're technologically, well, technically very behind other nation states. Um, and it doesn't help that this past summer, there was a leak of classified information about Iranian cyber operations. And it really gave away a lot of their tactics and techniques and armed us defenders with how to protect ourselves against their operations. Well, sometimes those leaks work in our favor and glad that they did this time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the, the, I, there's a thing going on where, you know, I think the first couple, last couple years, um, there's just been this, you know, tidal wave of cyber software solutions. People uh, were still trying to understand really, you know, some of the attack surfaces. Um, you know, what are some places where you think that, um, you know, enterprise companies should be focusing their re- resources on if they have new resources? Is it like staying to the traditional stuff? Is it going above and beyond into the AI futuristic stuff? Where do you think they should be spending their resources on? Mm -hmm. Oh man, that, that really is a loaded question. There are so many um, enterprises that are still very behind right now. Um, And so we've been encouraging them, depending on the industry, even focus on the basics, make sure you've got that covered first antivirus. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many enterprises are still struggling to keep up with a good antivirus program, protect endpoints, and then network security as well. Um, Threat intelligence is going to be a really 
valuable uh, tool for every company. Um, knowing how to security tools in your budget. That's what threat intelligence is going to do for them right now. Showing them, hey, based on your company, your uh, attack surface, your assets, and and what industry you're in, you're going to want to focus on protecting against these particular threats. And I think that is so valuable for leaders to uh, understand that CTI, cyber threat intelligence, can really help them focus those resources. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's an interesting conversation that we should have uh, after we get done with this podcast about uh, about the ability to do something uh, to be, do some filtering across your antivirus and uh, some filtering across your EDR to kind of reduce some of that chatter. Uh, yeah. you know, based on your background, I would love to get your feedback on that one. So so uh, let's uh, let's. I want to highlight that before before I forget about it, but let's talk about that at some point after the podcast for sure. Yeah. So 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 that said, so, so that's where people should be deploying their resources from uh, from an ecosystem and kind of out in the world of, of cybersecurity. Where do you see some gaps here in, in in what we're doing or not doing the right way? Mm-hmm. Well, um, to touch on one industry in particular, something that I've been researching and looking through is the retail industry. They're really struggling right now because it's hard to make a profit when you're dealing with so much fraud, um, which is a really big challenge for them right now. But it's also compliance. There are Mm. over 80 different data privacy laws being um, passed around the world. And so these global organizations, especially retailers, are struggling to keep up with being compliant. And as a result of not being compliant, they're facing major fines that are really crippling their businesses. So I've been advising retailers to really focus on um, finding compliance tools this year to help them pass those compliance regulations, but also I mean, network security can sometimes be, um, you know, daunting. And there there are some overlaps. You can find services and tools that help you both with network security and with staying compliant so you don't have to face those huge, heavy fines. And I think that goes for most industries that are facing these statewide or nationwide compliance, you know, regulations now. Um, Healthcare is another example. There are really struggling just with the basics and keeping up with um, all of the data that they're processing through devices every day. So I think IOT is, is a really big focus for them. Yeah. Yeah. Abs- I, I think, I mean, one of the trends I keep on seeing up, I, I think that, you know, 2020 is really going to deliver 5G. Whereas I, I know we've talked about it for, you know, probably at least two years but I think, you know, 5G is really going to come to the marketplace and, um, you know, that's going to bring new beginnings to IoT and really the connected of smart everything. But, you know, just like how we learn the hard way, that's going to create uh, other unknown risks and attack surfaces and, and vectors that we just haven't conceptualized where, how they're supposed to, you know, play out for this world that we live in today. Yes, very true. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I like to lighten the load a little bit sometimes here because, you know, we can, it's always such a deep conversation when you start talking into, you know, cyber. Um, 
I, I also like to, so I, I can imagine, right. If, if somebody's listening to the podcast and they're doing their 30 minutes, they're listening to us talk about this type of stuff. And then they've got another couple of minutes before their meeting. And then we, we say, okay, well, charity, what's your favorite cybersecurity meme? And then they're going, okay, now I got to go look at this. Got to go look up and see what this is. So do you have a favorite cybersecurity meme? Oh man. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I was just going through Twitter a couple minutes ago. Uh, there's so many, but I think it's usually the one where it's the little girl with that little devilish look on her face and the house is burning behind her. <laughs> there's like so many of those that relate very well to how, um, you know, how we're fighting. I, I think there's this human aspect to what we're doing and it's humans versus humans. And at Insights, we really focus on the threat actors on the other side. And, mm. um, you know, sometimes when you're living in the dark web with them, you kind of feel like, you know, what am I doing here? Am I, am I burning everything down or am I actually uh, helping to protect people? But that meme is pretty funny to me. Right, right. Uh, it, you find humor in burning things down. There's a deeper story there for sure. Um, so, but let's go in there for a little bit because I know that you had emailed me uh, a little bit about like, let's go into the dark web a little bit. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit for, for people who may or not be familiar, like what some of your background experiences are with the dark web, uh, you know, just kind of keep it macro, uh, but, but go for it. Sure. Um, I worked for enterprise companies as a CTI analyst for so long. And we never were allowed to access the dark web. We had to use vendors. And so at some point, I just, I really wanted to work with the original sources. And, you know, I want to translate the original Chinese from dark web forums. So I went to a vendor that does that. And it's, it's been pretty exciting. I've been able to train with an international team. We have, uh, you know, like 20 different languages represented. And we get to go into these criminal underground forums and analyze what threat actors are doing to target anyone. Got it. Well, well that sounds pretty uh i mean I, I i play around a little bit on the dark web when i need to for some of the stuff that we do but uh it's definitely a a, a deep deep dark closet for sure at times um so I, I i'm curious because i think there's this infinite thing that makes all cybersecurity people really good at what they do at least the ones that are really good at what they do and it's like we're like infinite tinkerers right like a new tool comes up in, in the last podcast that i read recorded uh karen anderson was talking about shodan um and how cool that tool is and i've played with it a lot you could lose like years of your life just <laughs> the vulnerabilities in other people's houses and infrastructures yes um, you know what what's a cyber tool that you're using that you know folks may be interested in oh okay um man that's a hard one because now that I'm working for a vendor, I work a lot inside our own, our own uh, threat command tool, which is like a dark web search engine, basically. Um, let's see. I do a lot of open source research using some tools that allow me to kind of do background checks and investigate into individuals. Um, a lot of times it's to find out what is exposed about our customers' VIPs, 
is they want to make sure that their VIPs are not too exposed in open sources. Um, so I like to use those background check tools. You'll be amazed at what you can uncover about somebody just through these three open source tools. But that's why I live so openly on social media, because if I'm going to have my shirt off on social media, then you can't find me <laughs> in the dark web. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that That's really my belief. I really, I really believe that, that like many people. And I mean, we were talking about this, about, we were talking about, uh, you know, kids and TikTok before we record the podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. But I fully believe that it, it takes so much effort to hide what to think you're hiding or think you're being private. And you and I both know this very well that I might as well just be out in the open and be like, Hey, look, there's this picture of Neil with his beard, with his shirt off on his <laughs> Instagram because I'd rather be there than thinking it was safe behind some firewall or some wall that's really not safe at all. So uh, yeah. you just oh. verified, validated that what I'm doing is fine. Oh, I totally, no. Okay. I totally agree with you. I purposefully set up kind of like honeypot social media accounts because I want to control the narrative around my own self and my name. Right. Mm, okay. So like give them something, uh, that gets them like, oh, okay, this is who she is, or this is who this person is. And um, it kind of, you know, if you give them just enough. Um, right. I, I mean, that's one, that's one tactic. But I, I understand a lot of people in our industry are very private, and they don't want to put anything about themselves out there. But usually I can find it anyway. <laughs> yeah, sure. Especially if you got access to Cherry Wright tools at Insight. Um, <laughs> So uh, thank you so much, Charity Wright. If people wanted to connect with you, uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, what platforms do you use? That kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I am Charity W number four CTI, or I'm on LinkedIn as Charity Wright. Great. Charity Wright, a uh, pleasure as always. Uh, thank you for the time. And uh, I will see you in a few weeks at uh, the RSA conference in San Francisco. Great. Thank you so much. Bye.